You're listening to TV Soup Podcast on the Drink 5 Network. Tonight we're going to do Better Call Saul, Season 1, Episode 8, entitled Rico. You know, there was some talk about the intro to the show uh, that maybe it's kind of uh, purposely really bad, but I like it, like, regardless. It's really short, and I appreciate that. That's like uh, Grand Theft Auto when they did uh, Vice City in the 80s. All the stuff that they did was, like, purposely cheesy, but still awesome. Right. That works for me. Well, I mean, look. I mean... Bob Odenkirk is is a great actor, but some of the stuff he's best at is is kind of taking good falls and being a comedy guy. Sure, I mean he was the ultimate uh, straight man in uh, Mr. Show. Yep. Anyways, uh, we're here for the TV Soup podcast. I'm joined as always with Dave, and tonight Hello! we're going to talk about Better Call Saul. We've been talking about it all year. We are on episode eight. There's only two more episodes left of this season. It's been excellent so far. I've really liked it. I think, Dave, you've enjoyed it as well. Um, but I can hear you pouring something over there. What is it that you are drinking, buddy? Because it has an awesome name. All right. We've got Death Grip IPA by Pig Mines Brewing Company. 6.5% alcohol. I... Oh, we should have drank the Pig Mines during the... Uh, bacon bod- podcast. Yeah, uh, anybody interested in bacon, <laughs> go go check out the retrospectical uh, episode. Everyone is six, interested in bacon. All about bacon. Uh, let me read the description of this beer. It says, "Tapped for the fiercest of hop heads." This American IPA tops off at just over eighty IBUs, and uh, send your taste buds on a hop wave to hell and back. Accept your fate. Well, I like that because it sounds like uh, the disembodied voice. Uh, that you hear in a roller coaster before you go down the big drop. Accept like, your fate. Like <laughs> <laughs> we're going up the super long thing. There's speakers up there for no damn reason. <laughs> but uh, better call Saul. Yeah, we've both been enjoying it. Like he said, uh, I have certain reservations about the show, but I tend to have them about all of them. I think that overall, this is probably one of the best uh, couple shows that are on TV right now. And I think that's all that we should really be concerned about. This is right. good, good TV, so let's promote it and uh, uh, dig into it. Okay, so we start off the episode, and it's another flashback. That's a common theme throughout the series, starting off in a flashback. They use them all the time. Uh, and they use the big blue filter, and we've talked about that before. But I don't think it's a distracting thing. I think that um, you know you see it, and you understand where you are, and it's a good indicator of where it is. And I think they may like sneak it in. At certain points throughout the series where, like, you're going to get one where you don't really expect it. Um, but I don't know if they're going to necessarily try and trick you with it. Um, so do the, do the flashbacks bother you? I know some people don't like that. No, I'm fine with changing the time in a TV series. It happens in a lot of them, and I'm okay with it. Um, there's gonna you're be a Doctor s- Who fan. You're a natural time traveler. Yeah, but there's going to be something that the uh, directors and producers put in there to to let people know where they are. So whether it's a actual change of color on film or it's like a, a vignette kind of thing or um, a blur or whatever it is, there's always something in almost every single program I watch. In fact, if you go back in time or you present some kind of situation that needs to be uh, like 
sort of fenced in and mm-hmm. and the and the viewers need to know that it's not what you're usually seeing then it should be presented in some kind of context like that so they're really they're really only doing uh what they should be doing and i'm okay with it it's just that you know when you've watched this for a long time and they do the same thing then you know you're like oh big blue filter because it's very obvious having watched it every single episode when they're doing it so it would be fun one time if they didn't do it or if they they uh uh, had a lighter filter or you know what I mean if if they kind of mess with us a little bit that way uh yeah I think that that's um you know as we keep as we've uh, referred to it several times it's like the matrix yeah you know they just love doing that uh, so in the flashback we see Jimmy get his um, his letter that he passed the bar exam and that's a huge deal for him but for some reason you know for obvious reasons I think he didn't tell Chuck that he was going uh for the bar exam trying to be an attorney uh he kind of wanted to surprise him with it to impress him that he could do it all on his own university of uh, american samoa yeah go land crabs the land crabs (laughs) (laughs) i love how whenever like somebody brings up uh anything associated with a athletic team he will be like go corn huskers go eagles um he knows every athletic team yeah, he can. Re- he wants to relate to everybody. He does. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So he wants to be an attorney there at HHM. Uh, his brother's working there. He's a big shot. Um, he asks his brother. His brother's like, "Well, you know, this is a decision that we all make." His brother's very diplomatic about it, and obviously, he goes and consults his partners about it. And as Jimmy is celebrating just that very night, probably uh, he is uh, confronted by Howard Hamlin, the guy who he mocked in a previous episode, and told that, uh, you know, it's not going to work out, is what we assume that he's telling him, uh, maybe in a little bit harsher words, but that they'll look over it again in six months. Just kind of like condescendingly, dismissively. Uh, So it's clear that he's not going to be welcome there as an attorney. And I don't think it's necessarily because, oh, he doesn't have all the... Uh, credentials, you know, I mean, he's Chuck's brother. Clearly, he's going to be a pretty smart lawyer if he tries hard at it. Uh, I think it's more that Howard Hamlin wants to maintain the balance of power with the Hamlin-Hamlin part of the (laughs) equation, Uh, you know, to have that power over uh, Chuck, to kind of use Chuck, use him for his brilliant mind, but uh, not, you know, let him profit as much as others. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is an awesome beer. Yeah. I just have to say. Like, I've been sort of distracted by it. Uh, it it may be better than the one we had earlier, the uh, General Resin. Well, so the Imperial IPA, the one we had earlier, had like 9-something percent. A Death Grip IPA, fantastic. It has sort of this presence about it. Yeah. Um, very tasty. <laughs> so, do you see it that same way where... Uh, Howard Hamlin is just trying to keep the balance of power, and that's why he's not going to let Jimmy in? Well, of course, he has his own plan, and as you see in the past, as in as in the present, uh, which is the past of Breaking Bad, but regardless, as you the see... present is the past is the future. As you see in, in all of the timelines, uh, this is a guy that wants control over the company, and... So one of the things that we talked about kind of off the air was about the relationship that was possible between 
Hamlin and and uh, McGill and Chuck, and what exactly went on with them, um, specifically when they started the company, or if Chuck had started it, for example, which I think he did. Uh, how did he bring on Hamlin? How did that happen? Here's my theory on this, and I haven't looked this up. This is my guess. My guess is that so there's two Hamlins. My guess is that Howard Hamlin's father. Well, how could you look it up? It's not like there's a novel right. that it's based on. Uh, my guess is Howard Hamlin's father is the other Hamlin, and he probably started it with Chuck. Oh, and then he came in. I see and then that, they yeah. brought in his son because his son was a brilliant young upcoming attorney. And then now he's this, this self righteous. Uh, he's a self righteous little prick. Arrogant uh, little prick. Yeah, but but that's okay because it's a law firm, and you you must assume that that's going to be the case, right? Right. So here's this guy that's sort of up in arms against everybody else, but he has to make good with Chuck because he wants this uh, law firm to be his own. And now he has all these problems in Jimmy. First, Jimmy. Uh, he went and uh, he passed the bar. So there was the possibility of him coming up and being a lawyer in the company. Uh, then Jimmy was uh, you know, bothering him, getting involved in his business, etc. In the past several episodes, we right, saw that. Right, right, right. Putting together the proper timeline. And, and now you have, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but the worst offense of all, which is be almost uh, stealing away uh, Chuck and, and the things that he has and is good at and his talents from the company that that Hamlin's a partner in to his own endeavors. So I don't think that's going to end well for anybody. Oh, interesting. It's an interesting way to look at it. I was thinking about it the other way around, where it's more like Chuck is trying to help. But yeah, I guess Hamlin would totally see it as uh, Jimmy trying to steal Chuck away. Well, you're... I mean... The whole thing about uh, when they got the, the printer code from him and everything, they, they kind of made it a big deal. They made it a big scene. Right. That must be because at some point that printer code uh, and, and Chuck's involvement in all of this goes back to Jimmy to say, uh, here's this guy who uh, is basically just trying to um, uh, trying to steal all of this business away from HHM. And, I mean, you have to think about it this other way like maybe jimmy isn't necessarily equipped to handle a giant class action lawsuit by himself well no he's overwhelmed just him all and the his time. brother yeah yeah i mean it's clear that that's the case well because his brother can't handle going outside right and we'll get to that later uh so back in the present day um you know kim's back in the good graces uh and hopefully we won't see any more kettlemans anymore in this series i think we're done with the kettlemans it was announced that he's going to uh, prison for the 16 months or whatever. He took the deal. Um, <clears throat> Pretty good deal. So actually. they kind of march Kim out to like stand in the background of the press conference. Because you did a good job. You're back in our good graces. Yada, yada. Um, so Jimmy is working, you know, pounding the pavement, as they say. Working the elder law gig. Uh, he goes to Sandpiper Crossing Assisted Living Home. And uh, he's helping out a little lady with her will. And he kind of uh, is alerted to like things throughout his conversation with her that just don't add up. And he pops his head back in, and he's like, allowance? What do you mean, allowance? Because uh, So it turns out, you know, the company is keeping all these people's money. They're charging them, like, uh, 18 bucks for Q-tips and uh, 12 bucks for a box of Kleenex and 350 for a roll of toilet paper. Right. Uh, so they're basically gouging them, and they're not realizing They're it. taking a little off the top of all these... Uh, they're taking a lot off the top. All these elderly people, yeah. They're taking the top off. Um, That's a little graphic for the elderly. 
Yeah, well, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I mean, if anything, they'd be depancing them because that's the uh, common idiom for when you're talking about. Well, a diaper someone. did end up on uh, on Jimmy's oh, head. Oh man! So. <laughs> oh man. But enough about elderly people. All right, so basically, Jimmy realizes that this company is taking advantage of these people. Um, so, uh, I keep, I, like, sort of throughout the episode, I was like, oh, the lady's going to have a lot of money. He's going to figure out, like, a way to trick her out of it or, like, a, a way to, you know, make her want to spend it on him or something like that. Oh, no, the, the, the really bad stuff won't happen until the season finale. I guess so. I mean, like, Jimmy is, you know, I, I still can't get it out of my mind that Jimmy is the good guy, and I'm watching Jimmy. I'm not watching Saul Goodman. He's good until he's bad, man. He, until he breaks bad. And he's not yet broken bad. Ah, uh, that's very true. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> Jimmy goes back to his brother, and he's all excited, and they're reading up on what Jimmy's sort of discovered, and they realize that they probably have... Uh, really big case there okay um you know chuck is a little surprised that he was looking at similar at at the paperwork for these people and didn't notice this earlier um but jimmy's like hey you know i noticed it but it's kind of an accident like don't worry chuck you're still the smart one um but i mean you can see the whole time throughout the show like jimmy just getting smarter and smarter um and like showing his intelligence more and more it's like he took uh you know all of his uh schemes like all of the smarts that he had to pull off slipping jimmy stuff back in chicago and he found a way to refocus it and he's getting better at it as the season goes on well one of the great things about these kinds of uh of episodic dramas right is that you can see the prog the progression of a of a character throughout and so obviously what they've told him was when you start off uh seem like you're not really exactly sure what it is that you're saying you're just a little you're a little smart like like you've been around smart people but you're not smart yourself right uh and then he's not comfortable outsmarting people like that slowly build it up so this is a smart guy we know it's a smart guy we know he comes from a smart family but he hasn't truly shown it in conversation and been confident about it really uh Unless his whole life depended on it, and even yeah. then, like in the in the second episode when they were in the the desert and and they were talking to uh, Tuco and he was arguing for his life and for the life of other people, mm-hmm. he was still not very good at it. He was just good enough. Yeah, just good enough. And he's, they got their legs broken. He's kind of at that same point now, but he can do it for longer. So it's sort of a comparison to how uh, you know Chuck is kind of like going outside for like half an hour, 60 minutes, 90 minutes in the real world. Yeah. Like that's kind of the same thing that Jimmy's doing. Well, I think doing. it's still only like five minutes, three minutes. Well, to, to a degree at least, I'm looking at it as is that's a sort of the same thing that Jimmy's doing is uh, stepping outside of his comfort zone into actual reality, into like having his own job, into having his own cases, into having to deal with real life situations uh-huh. uh, as a professional. Right. And he's only confident in periods of... Three minutes, five minutes. Yeah, so that's going to be an issue, certainly, going forward. Um, so that's an interesting parallel, in, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So uh, relating it back to Jimmy, uh, my grand point on him is kind of that right now you're seeing that he's taking, like, working really hard, uh, focusing on one thing, on a legitimate thing, and it's paid off for him. 
he's discovered this uh, much larger case. Um, so he goes back and tries to gather more evidence. Uh, and that's an interesting scene because they throw him out. Um, and he writes a uh, demand order in the bathroom. And he demands them that they stop shredding paper and stuff like that. Um, and it was a really fun scene because he's like writing it on toilet paper and crap like that. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, they were ready for him. Like They knew that they didn't want him around. They certainly are acting like they're guilty. <laughs> um, they're trying to hide lots of stuff. Um, so, you know, after that in the show, uh, itself, uh, you know, we keep getting these little drops of what Mike is doing. And, uh, we thought that it was sort of connecting with Saul when they kind of worked together for like an episode or two. Uh, and now it's like totally separate again. However, this is similar to what they did in Breaking Bad where they would tell two separate stories and they would only connect like at the end of the season or something like that. Um, which makes me surprised that we're not getting like a, a sort of from the gangsters' point of view story, like with Nacho and all them. Um, but you know, uh, what do I know? I don't know how they're making the show, but it's very good so far. Well, regardless of of what's going to happen after this particular episode, I think the kind of the the obvious way that it could go is like I mentioned that let's say Chuck is. Um, is, is doing this thing with Jimmy now and then they sort of get in trouble because the lawsuit is now worth too much money so then the bigger law firm with Hamlin uh, sort of take over and that could be the reason why um, why Jimmy then turns into Saul you know possibly because yeah. you've got like Jimmy could hate Kim for telling Hamlin uh, about the code and about the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. And he could hate Chuck because Chuck doesn't side with him because Chuck maybe sides with Hamlin. I don't think that Saul becomes Saul this season. Well, we don't know, right? Right. We don't. That's just my guess. Well, he becomes a little bit more that way anyway. I'm sure that he's going to tip towards it all the time. I mean, hell, he wound up dumpster diving, right? He was uh, basically just looking for the shredded documents, but he was like, oh, God, swimming around in the garbage Getting it poured on his head. Yeah, terrible. Taking phone calls in the garbage. But but I'm assuming that, that something bad will happen with this case, that, that Jimmy will not end up being able to take it, even though it exists. Yeah. And then after that, that he, he goes back to being hooked up with like Nacho and or somehow this gang group and uh, and then gets his, his head swimming in a, you know more actual crime that he shouldn't be in, but he is because he's so pissed off about what's happening to him. He's going to become like a criminal defense attorney just out of spite. Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. So uh, Jimmy finally finds uh, the garbage in the other room. And I mean, I don't know why the hell they didn't need to like dump him in a uh, dumpster. He could have just found him in. He could have just looked over on the other side and realized there's some other bins over there, too. You know why that is? Because they can. No, because because Jimmy is not that smart. He is. He has the ability to be a smart person, but when it comes down to like these, uh, when he's doing something crazy, yeah. When it comes down to anything that uh, is going to be very intense, like he just does the stupid thing. Okay. Every single time, it, it's look. There, I mean, there are people that that are that are smart, uh, intelligent people that don't have common sense, and and he's kind of one of those people. So he's sort of learning right now that. 
all these situations he gets into, he ends up on his head or in the dumpster or in uh, Tuco's house or in the desert or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he's in a bad situation all the time, but he puts himself there. But we have to, we have to see that, right? We have to know that that's the kind of person he is. He's a person that puts himself in bad situations from Slip and Jimmy to still today, even when he almost went straight uh, as like this elder law person. He puts himself in these crazy situations and sometimes he succeeds in them and sometimes it's a, uh, you know, it goes up in flames. Well, he literally dives headfirst into them regardless. Right. He does that a lot. Like, just like the meeting at the end of the episode, uh, you know, he's ready to go in there and he's like has to coach his brother up to get him to want to go in well think about if he had immediately just gone to the recycling bin and taken out the papers and gone back to the car i mean that would have been more boring television no it's stupid yeah i mean that's a whole sequence where what happens exactly what he doesn't learn anything that's exactly for sure. what needs to happen no he no a, metaphors no parallels no nothing he learned a very important lesson there i guess you could i get what you're saying he grew up in that scene yeah but it's also exposition as a television show right. if you don't put him in there then you don't hear things you don't see things you, you don't get the phone call in the awkward situation and you can't have the, I'm at the opera yeah so you need to put him, you need to put Bob Odenkirk specifically in those weird situations in order to make it good television. Yeah. It's the magic flute. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy the magic flute. <laughs> that that was such a terrible excuse. <laughs> All right. So um, after they get back to the house, there's an interesting scene where uh, Jimmy tries to put together the papers and he seems like he does a lot of work, but he doesn't get very far. And then Chuck manages to put together several documents uh, just while Jimmy is passed out. Um, so you mentioned it while we were watching. Like, that's a great job for him. Like, somebody who's a little bit nutty right now, that's the perfect kind of, like, crazy person thing to do, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he barely speaks. Uh, he's, he's trying to get over some kind of made-up disease. He seems like the perfect guy to assemble strips of paper. Yeah, that's very well put. Uh, so what he does find is kind of a smoking gun in their case. Um, and it's a, like, basically they can make it a much bigger deal than the company would want it. Across to state lines. Yeah, yeah, a RICO case. Um, so the the touching part of the scene is when Chuck is like, it's our case. And Jimmy's like, you mean our case? You mean you're going to work with me on it? And Chuck's like, well, if you want to. And Jimmy's, you know, super happy. It's all he's ever wanted, right? It's his dream come true. Yep. Um, and as we know that if we watch, um, you know, if we follow the Game of Thrones model, in episode eight, the hero gets everything they ever wanted. And then in episode nine, everything goes terribly wrong. So I think we can assume that next week somebody is going to get their head chopped off. <laughs> I don't know if we can go that far, but I agree with you metaphorically. Uh, so, because he's been doing so well, it, it's only it's only likely now in this series that he does very poorly. Uh, I'm sure that you'll you'll get to it, but uh, the cliffhanger here is is definitely uh, asking asking us as viewers: uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing? And it's probably a bad thing. Uh, that. You know, Chuck is outside. I think it's a good thing. Okay, so think about it. What you 
he goes outside and everything's normal. You hear the birds chirping. You hear the sound of the outside. Uh, he gets the stuff out of the car. It isn't until Jimmy calls to him and he snaps out of it. And he realizes where he is that like the interference from outside starts happening from all the electricity. Yeah, sure, but it's a terrifying look, and then he drops the things he was carrying. But he doesn't, like, fall over or Not anything. yet. He doesn't, like, grab his head. Uh, but the the sound of uh, the nature comes back to him. I think he drops it out of surprise that it's not affecting him, that he feels like he's cured. I, I don't know the answer, uh, but I but I do think it's, it's sort of... This he's is... been using his brain so analytically, uh, thinking in lawyer mode, like really engaging himself over the last couple of days, he's able to connect it in his rational brain again that he was just outside and nothing bad happened to him. You know, he's going to be okay. That's not going to happen. It may, be, it may not be an instant cure, but I think he realizes that there's some hope. This is the only redeeming episode that Chuck has ever been in. And Chuck didn't well, really... Well, certainly been in a lot of this episode. It's the most he's been in an episode. No, no, no. This is the only redeeming episode for Chuck as a character in the entire series. Okay. Because he's the only time he's ever really done anything of value to anyone ever. And I think and, that's sort of the point. Yeah. Granted. But when good things happen, and especially in this kind of series with these kinds of, of directors and writers, yeah. I... I I think bad things are afoot. I think something bad is going to happen, but I think the electricity crap is going to be sort of fixed. They they talked about it the entire season. It doesn't end just because he goes outside and he's distracted. No, he's going to get cured, and it's going to be extra shocking when, quote-unquote shocking, when he, <laughs> and something happens to him unrelated to the electricity. Or maybe it turned out to be real after all. Who knows? Well, that would be really weird. I, I don't agree with that, but I, I mean, I don't know. I, I have no idea, to be honest. Turns out he was in the house the whole time. But we'll see if, if he you know falls over or leaps for joy or uh, continues on a good path or goes back into hiding. We'll see what happens next week. Yes, I'm anxious to watch next week's episode as well. Uh, in fact, the next two episodes should be fantastic. You That's know, all there is, episodes right? Episodes 9 and 10 of any season have to be awesome, right? If they're the second to last and last episodes, yes. It's a requirement. <laughs> Not 9 and 10, just like... The last two. For virtue of being 9 and 10. Sure. In fact, a lot of episodes... I Maybe you got a series that has like 16 episodes. 9 and 10 might not be good. <laughs> you got a good point there. It's in the stretch. <laughs> it's the seventh inning stretch of the TV series where where they have those writers that are like not as good as the ones. We'll that give they you a try with. because we have to give the good one guys a break. You get episode eight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to be up against the you know against football, so you're not gonna get many people. But one good thing about this show, and there are many, but uh, one good thing is that it had such good success as. You know, Breaking Bad. Great success. Being that a, a lot of the, the people that worked on that show are, are still working on this one. Um, I think that it has carried over and that they've had that quality of, um, of employee. Uh, that artistic talent still kind of shines through on the show. So regard, regardless of whether or not you think a uh, particular episode is... Uh, good or bad or, or shallow or deep or dark or or light, funny or sad. Um, this has to be viewed probably in its entire context, as do all of the series of these kinds of dramas, because um, at this point, at this level of filmmaking, 
I think you can call it. Uh, you can't you can't judge an episode by the content of of just that show. Well put. On that, I think that we can uh, drink five. <laughs>